1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. We're still in this series, Faith and Prayer. Austin left off last time talking about taking your place. Tell your neighbor, take your place. place. Tell the neighbor on the other side, take your place. So, you know, we're not just defeated little soccer balls for Satan to kick around for 70 years. Amen. Amen. We are the sons and the daughters of Almighty God. And so what we want to see the people of God do is begin a real prayer life and uh, to understand that the Holy Spirit is your helper. The Word of God, the Bible, is Father God speaking to you. It's not an old book that only has a record of his messages to the men and women of ancient times, the Bible, like its author is now. It's always now. Say it out loud. The Word of God God is always now. now. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 11.1 that faith is now. Well, the Word of God is now. It's timeless. It has to be timeless because the author is timeless. It can't be good for a season. It's not like something in your refrigerator that's got an expiration date because it came from God. And looking down through the ages, he saw you and his word was written for your special benefit. Look again at uh, Jeremiah 1.12. Then said the Lord unto me, thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform. And say it out loud. The Lord Lord will hasten hasten his word to perform it. The Amplified Version says, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am actively watching over my word to fulfill it. And when Father God said, I am actively watching over my word to fulfill it, he was talking to you so that you would never question his word, that is the Bible, again. We are here tonight with one purpose in mind, and that is to strengthen your confidence in the Word of God. That's it. That's really what this series is about, to strengthen your confidence in the Word of God. (laughs) So Sue and I came over here to a football scrimmage, uh, I think that was two weeks ago, and, you know, we got the the new sign for this football field. We got the signs for the two baseball fields and all this concrete being poured, all this stuff going on. And I leaned over to Austin. I said, Have faith in God. I said, it's amazing what you can do when you have faith in God. You know, you would think, man, if there was ever a time for churches and Christians and pastors to be begging and scratching and squalling and bawling and crying, it'd be, you know, in the corona. No, but we're blessed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're just looking around for stuff to do. Amen. Amen. Have faith in God. So when he said, I'm actively watching over my word to fulfill it, he was talking to you. He's watching over his word. He's not watching over what you're doing on Facebook. 
We're here tonight to put you in remembrance of the word, to strengthen your confidence in the word. Numbers 23, 19. Here are three, ver four, three verses everybody ought to memorize. I mean, if you're just starting out in faith, you ought to jot these down. Every Christian ought to memorize these three verses. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? God is not a man that he should lie. I, I don't mean to bring it up all the time, but it's on my mind all the time. I mean, how many times has this Dr. Doom gone before Congress and testified that he did not fund gain-of-function research in China? And now we have it through two sources that he did exactly that. And, and the government's been looking at this for 18 months, couldn't figure it out. One person filed a lawsuit, Freedom of Information Act, and... Got it. Liar, liar, pants on fire. See, and we, and we get jaded. Don't lie to your children. You know, man, did we get in a mess. You know, because the first time Austin comes home and asks about Santa Claus, we told him the truth. And then we did our best to swear him to secrecy. But what do you think he did? Went right to school. You know, that, you know there ain't no Santa Claus. And then the, the Easter bunny. But, but we decided to not lie to our children. And, you know, got us in trouble a few times. But that's just, you know, too bad. I mean, lying's a habit. And it's not acceptable. I don't care who's lying. I misspeak things sometimes. Saturday, I'm going to reference a message from 2020, and I misspoke a year. I caught it when I was watching the message. I misspeak things sometimes. I do, but I don't lie. I do not lie. Because we're supposed to be imitators of our father. Tell your neighbor, your father's not a liar. So stop it. Amen. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind as he speak and then not act as he promised and not fulfill. So we're, we're talking about character. 1 Samuel 15, 29 is the second of three verses every Christian ought to memorize. 1 Samuel 15, 29, he who is the God of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. And then Psalm 89, 34, this was on my mind because I came across this last night in my Bible reading. Psalm 89, 34, I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. So God, God's just not, you know, God's not going to crawfish, punk out, whatever adjectives you want to use. So prayer isn't a ritual, it's a relationship, a relationship with Father God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said in John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And I, I think we gloss over that. There's probably somebody here thinking right now, we've heard this. Why does he keep going over this? Well, because his words are not abiding in you. Amen. 
When Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. That was Father God's present tense message to you and to your heart. You can take it as though you heard it over your radio, fresh from the lips of Jesus, as though he were speaking through a microphone up yonder in Zion at the right hand of Father God, and that message came into your room, and your name was called. In fact, all of the Word of God, you can read it like he's there speaking to you and calling your name. And it doesn't all have the exact same application because we don't all have the same backgrounds. We don't all commit the same sins. We don't all have the same challenges. But you can take the Word of God, every, every verse of it, and you can take it to heart as though it's a message from the Father to you and He's calling your name. Amen. And then if things don't directly apply, well, we learn lessons from them. You know, I just a few weeks ago finished up Second Chronicles again. Oh my gosh, what a total bummer. And... Uh, So it doesn't all apply to me because I'm not an idolater, but I can learn lessons. I can learn lessons that when a king, when a leader looks to man, he gets defeated. But when a leader looks to God, he comes through victorious. See, in other words, it it may not apply to me because I'm not an idolater, but I can learn lessons from even what doesn't apply to me. And, And we ought to do this. I'm telling you, I mean, I'm in Psalms right now. And David just rehearsed, I read this last night, that for 40 years, their sandals didn't wear out. If God, and those people didn't have Jesus, they didn't have the Bible, they didn't have the Holy Spirit, and and if God could care for them so that their sandals, and they ate the bread of angels, if God could take care of them, God can take care of you. Amen? Amen. 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 Yeah. And they they didn't have Jesus, they didn't... they didn't even have the, the Old Testament except the first five books. They might have had a copy of Job around, but they didn't have a New Testament. They didn't have most of the Old Testament. They didn't have Jesus. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. And yet God provided for them. Tell your neighbor, if God provided for them, God will provide for you. Amen. John 16, 23, in that day you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. <laughs> but just, just last week, you know, I heard somebody I love pray, pray, you know, to Jesus. You know, I just chose not to make an issue out of it because I don't want to be that guy. But, uh, you know, I, I, it was a me- prayer over a meal and I whispered my own prayer, you know, very quietly because I thought, you know, I want my prayer to work, man. I don't know what they're serving. Amen. Amen. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. So when Jesus said, my father will, will give you whatever you ask in my name, he meant it for you in your daily walk, in your prayer life. When you read your Bible, it's like the father speaking to you. It is as though he stood in the room and said, whatsoever you ask in my son's name, I will give it to you. It's as though he stood in the room and said, in my son's name, you can cast the devil out of that person. In my son's name, you can lay hands on the sick over here and they'll be healed. That name is yours to be used anytime, place. And remember, we're not talking about a religion. We're talking about a personal relationship with Father God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, 
don't, don't go out of here lying to me. I, I mean, there are times I talk to Jesus. There are times I talk to the Holy Spirit. Probably I talk to the Holy Spirit maybe a little more than I do the Lord Jesus Christ. But that's not a prayer of request. When I, when I have a request, I go to Father God in the name of Jesus because that's what Jesus taught. And I could think I'm smarter than him, but I'm not going to go down that road. I mean, who in, who in world history could have known more about prayer than the Lord Jesus Christ? So I'm just going to do it the way he taught. So your ability to pray and get results can't be questioned. I, I don't mean to pound on these current events, but they're such spectacular examples. I mean... What is it about people? You know, masking didn't work, hasn't worked, isn't working, and yet we got to do it. You know, tomorrow when I go to Dallas, I got to do it to get in a store or to, to get in the restaurant because this virus is so smart. When you sit at a table, it can no longer get to you. It's only when you're standing up. Now, there are people here tonight with masks. I don't judge mask wearing because I don't know what somebody's situation is. If, for example, if somebody had been through chemotherapy or somehow, some way, they're very much weakened, I don't judge a thing. But that's different. That, that's you making your mind up, not somebody tell, dictating to you what you got to do. You see the difference? So what is it about people? We just got to do the same doggone thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Now, like Hale and Mary. To me, mask wearing is like Hale and Mary. In other words, it, it, it hadn't worked. It isn't working. It ain't going to work. But let's just keep doing it another hundred years. And, and what is it about people? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, I've tried a hundred different diets. <laughs> and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, my favorite one, when I was in high school, my best friend in high school said, you know, if you just eat the top off of pizza <laughs> and you don't eat the bread, you can eat all you want. <laughs> Sounded good to me. <laughs> I'm just saying, say it out loud. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But what is it about people? It's got to do the same thing over and over and over. See, tell your neighbor, when you pray, when you, pray you, need you need to expect results. Tell the neighbor on the other side, and when you pray, when you pray and don't get results, don't get results. You, need you need to change. See, because God, God, he ain't changing. God, he ain't changing. So I think we approach praying like a diet. It's something to do, but we know it ain't going to work. But let's do it anyway. I expect results. Amen. And then that's why I'm constantly tweaking, although I would say in the last three years I haven't tweaked at all. I mean, I'm there. But I mean, I, my whole, I spent a lifetime 
changing how I pray. A lifetime tweaking, modifying, editing, adapting. But the last three years, I haven't changed how I'm praying at all. Because, I mean, man, it's working. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So your ability to pray and get results is as real as though you were the only person Jesus died for. If there's one thing that I don't really understand at all about God, it is his grace and his mercy. How can he value us the way he values us? It's beyond my comprehension. A lot of days, not, not, not even most days, but a lot of days when I walk out the front door now, he didn't used to do this, or did I not hear it? But a lot of days he's thanking me for what I've done for him. And I'm just amazed by that. You know, with all of my mistakes and screw-ups and, you know, misadventures and the grace and the mercy of God is unfathomable. And we can't, we can't, I don't believe we can understand it. Now let me tell you something else too. Anybody that's ever had an experience dying, when they tell of those experiences, I'm not talking about the lost dead. That's a different situation. I'm talking about the righteous dead. When when. A lot of times what they have experienced and what they've seen and what they've heard is different. But there's one thing in common with all of them. That when they saw the Lord Jesus Christ, they were overwhelmed by his love. It's common in every story I've ever read about anybody dying and coming back. See, my point is we don't appreciate what we mean to him, and we don't appreciate what he did for us. And I think we just kind of mouse around about our prayer lives. We mean everything to him. We must mean everything to him because he gave his only begotten son for us. We must mean everything to him. I remember once hearing Kenneth Hagin say that God was his best friend, and I thought, oh boy, you know, I don't know about that. But he is. Yeah, and you, one thing about it, you can talk to him about anything because he knows it anyway. <laughs> Whatever you got going on, he knows about it. And his mercies are new every morning, so you can talk to him about it. For 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. So we are not the righteousness of God in us. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. We got to just take that and throw it out of our minds. Now, it says God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, in Jesus, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. And when the word says God made him who had no sin to be sin for so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, that means you. 
When you accepted him and received eternal life, you received his righteousness. The ability, what is righteousness? The ability to stand in God without fear or dread. And you became at that very moment a new creation in Christ Jesus. You became at that time the righteousness of God in him, in in God through the Lord Jesus Christ. So Father God and Jesus don't have to do anything else. It's all done. The work is finished. The new creation is a fact. All you need to do now is act as though you know it to be true, just as you can act on any other fact of life. Many, many years ago, I'm sitting in my office up at I-30, and it was a a meeting with architects or bankers, I don't know, some people that seemed to be important at the time. And the door flung open, and my little daughter ran in the room and, you know, just came behind the desk and just shoved my chair back and hopped up in my lap and gave me a kiss on the cheek. Well, who else could do that? But that's your child. You know, and I gave her a squeeze, and then she ran out to whatever she was supposed to be at, you know, at school. But that's a relationship between a father and a child. Doesn't matter what you got going on, they take precedence, they take priority. And that's who we are to him. We are his children. Amen. I don't, I don't think we've really comprehended who we are to him. Now, let me give you an illustration. All you need to do now is act as though you know it to be true, the word of God, just like you act on any other fact of life. Let me give you an illustration. What do you do on the job when the boss notifies you that management has decided to raise your pay? What do you do on the job when your boss tells you that management has decided to raise your pay? Well, at once, you begin planning on what you will do with that extra money. You're not even worth anything the rest of the day because you're sitting there thinking about (laughs) what are you going to buy? What are you going to be driving to work next week? You immediately begin meditating on, thinking about, scheming and planning on what to do with that money. And it's all based on a man's word. In other words, you take man at his word. You take man at his word based only upon man's spoken words to you. They didn't come and show you that the company is solvent. How do you know the company is solvent? They they could promise you a raise this week, go out of business next week. How do you you know the guy's not just lying to you? How do you know, you you know, if you're a female employee, he's a male boss, he's just not trying to seduce you you don't know anything about it but you take a man at his word maybe he's just messing with you maybe he's going to promise you a raise this week and fire you next week it's a man you don't know what a man's going to do but you take the man at his word and you immediately begin plotting and scheming on what you're going to do with that extra money you take man at his word And just look what has happened to our world when man says, this is a novel virus. This is something the world has never seen before. So you need to hide in your home. You need to watch your business go under. Your children cannot be educated. You can't go to church. You can't even leave your home. And what have people done? They have taken man at his word. Listen to me. Tell your neighbor, sober up. They have taken man at his word. 
They have acted as though what man was saying to them was true. And just today I was reading about the research Stanford epidemiologist Professor John Uwanidis has done on COVID-19 and he has discovered that the worldwide infection fatality rate, IFR, is less than 0.2%. 0.20%. That's in the ballpark of seasonal flu. Pastor, you're, you're, you're not saying that it was all for naught. Absolutely. You're not saying they lied through their teeth. Absolutely. You're, you're not... And last winter, you know, everybody was like, where'd the flu go? I'll tell you where the flu went. They just discovered three or four weeks back that that PCR test cannot tell the difference between the flu and COVID. So how many people died of flu? And then it's worse than that because flu is completely treatable. Of course, the older somebody is, the harder it is to treat. But how many people last winter had the flu and they were told we can't treat that? They thought it was COVID and wait until you need a ventilator and you have to come to the hospital, then we'll treat it. How many people died unnecessarily? Unnecessarily. Because of what? Some damn man. Listen. Tell your neighbor, he's on it. I believe this is the holy grail of getting prayers answered. To look to God as your source and to look to no man. Now, I'm not talking about being ungrateful at work. I'm not talking about being discourteous when somebody blesses you. I'm not talking about all of that. I'm not talking about being a bad employee. I'm talking about disciplining yourself to look to God 100% as your source. You've heard me tell this story over and over and over. We bought a house in April of 1991, if I remember right, and I took action on it to prepay it. And I didn't make prepayments under $500, but any time I, I, I came across an extra $500 I didn't need, I sent it and uh, prepaid on that house. And my goal was to have it prepaid before the year 2000. And I mean, I did. Every, every extra 500 bucks that crossed my hand for nine years, I prepaid on that house. And I get to December of 1999 and I was $70,000 short, $70,000. And we used to have a TV up in the bedroom we didn't need upstairs, and I was upstairs watching something, and the phone rang, and I answered the phone. It was my, my father-in-law. And he said, we decided to give you $70,000 for Christmas. I said, that'll work. <laughs> now, you might think, oh, that's the world you live in. Let me tell you what, this guy... When we were there, he'd buy lunch, but except for when we bought our first home and he paid for the fence, I never, he, he never gave me more than a hundred bucks ever, a hundred bucks and no inflation, a hundred bucks. <laughs> so how many of you can understand 
going from 100 bucks to $70,000 is a heck of a jump. So my point is, that wasn't man. That was not man. Now, I thanked him. I was very gracious. You know what I'm saying? But that was not man. That was God. That was God. Totally. That was God. And I believe, and I use the term, it's, a, it's, it's not a Bible term, it's not a theological term, it's from pop culture, Holy Grail. But I believe this is it. I'm going to talk a little bit about this Saturday in the Power Lunch and all of you people watching from wherever, you ought to get on a jet and be here. I'll tell you what, the message Saturday is, is worth a million bucks, hands down. It's the holy grail of getting prayer answered. To look to God solely. Say it out loud, God is my source. God is my source. Because man. First Second Kings, First Second Chronicles is full of it. King of Egypt promises to help, he doesn't help. This king over here says he's going to help, he doesn't help. This king over here says he's going to help, then he turns on him. I mean, how many illustrations do we need? All of this is in the Bible for a reason. See, you're not a king and you're not going into battle, but we can read the Bible and we can draw down principles that will help us in life. That when you look to a man, you're going to be disappointed. But when you look to the Lord, look to, and I'm talking about look to him solely. And how many times have I said in this church that people have not mastered Matthew 6.25, this is how you do it. Give no thought to your life. How, how can I do that? Look to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Take, take no thought for your life. How do we do that? Well, we look to the Lord. Amen. And this is why, and, and I'm not bragging on myself, but I'm teaching how it works in the Word of God. I'm teaching on faith and prayer. This is how this congregation has skated the last 18 months because I led you into looking to the Lord. I led you into looking to Him as your source. And even if you get fired now with, because you know you don't do what they want, I've led you into looking to the Lord as your source. Just look to the Lord. Believe God, you'll get a better job making more money. Just look to the Lord. Amen. And I believe this is one of the biggest answers on why Christians don't get their prayer, prayers answered that I could even talk about, is we have not disciplined ourselves to look to the Lord. And, and you understand... He knows everything. And so when your boss says, hey, management decided to give you a raise and you get on the phone and you tell your husband or your wife, I just got a pay bump, you know, and then you spend the rest of the day daydreaming about what you're going to do with the money. God knows you're doing that. But when it comes to his word, well, I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Does that really work? I don't know. See, faith 
is taking God at his word. So we wrecked our world, we gave up our liberties, we closed our churches, countries like New Zealand and Australia are gone. They're done, they're finished over what turned out to be a bad flu season. Why? Because people took man at his word. People took man at his word. People took man at his word. And there's just no faith. None. You know, just whatever. Was what that two months ago a meteor came within, I don't know how many thousand miles of the earth, you know, just flew right on past us. You know, oh, what a close call. Look, as long as I'm on the planet, a meteor can't hit it of any discernible size. I mean, who, who do they, th- have, have they completely gone apostate? That who do they think has been protecting man for all these thousands of years? I mean, things can happen, but not extinction level events. Not yet. And it's a funny thing about this because the more you look to man, the more in servitude you are going to live your life. And the more you look to God, and I have to say that I, I, am, I am amazed at what God has been doing in this church the last 18 months. I, I, frankly, I told him, that, you know, a few months ago, I said, you're just showing off now. I mean, it is amazing. All this work we've done on this church Somebody can say, Pastor, you just tried to run it in the red. But I couldn't. And now most of it's all done. So now we go back into stack up more mode. I mean, I'm amazed at what God has done. Are you hearing me? And I'm a faith guy. But when you focus like a laser beam that God is my source, I'm looking to God as my source. I'm not looking to man. And I'm certainly not looking to a president. I'm certainly not looking for the government to provide my income. And many of those fear-filled, panic-stricken people who took man at his word were Christians. Christians. That's awful strong. The same ministers that are hawking what man is selling are going to be the ones saying, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons? And he will tell them plainly, away from me, you evildoers, for I never knew you. Because they did not teach. See, I have, it's in my power. To be a fearful sissy and lead you down the fearful sissy path or to stand in faith and teach you to look to God Almighty as your source. That's in my power. But what does he think? What must he think when the men of God teach people to look to man and not God? 
What, what must he think? Man's not going to save you. In fact, man's not even interested in saving you. He's, he wants to mess you up. Psalm 91.10, no evil shall befall you. What, what does God say about all this? What does God say about all this? Psalm 91.10, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Shout it out loud. No plague, no plague shall come nigh, shall come nigh my, dwelling. my dwelling. Amen. Now, you know, we just found some, we had raccoon evidence in our attic. So there's no promise about, you know, that, that no critters will come near your tent. Can't believe God for that. I wish we could. I can't believe, but we can believe God that no plague shall come near my tent. No plague shall. See, I mean, I'm telling you what, man, you can walk out the front door any day of your life and shout at the top of your lungs, no plague shall come nigh my tent and stand. Amen. And stand. Amen. Or how about the first phrase, no evil shall befall you. Because he says, no evil shall befall you. And look, if Job, the oldest book in the Bible, so he had no Bible, he didn't have the Pentateuch, he didn't have the first five books of the law, he, he didn't have Jesus, he didn't have the Holy Spirit, he didn't have the Apostle Paul, if he could have a hedge of protection around him, you can have a hedge of protection around you. Somebody might say, yeah, but, you know, he came under some testing. Yeah, but you know more than he does. Because I'm telling you what, see, now what I'm, gonna be, what I'm about to say is out there to most of your ears, but I got the mind of God on it. It wouldn't have mattered what went on in heaven. It wouldn't have mattered what kind of conversation Father God had with Satan. It wouldn't have mattered what kind of permission Satan got from Father God if Job had the revelation that you have as a member of Faith Christian Center, Job could have stood in his backyard and forbade Satan from, talking his, from touching his children, touching his livestock. You can take the wife, but, no, but no, you, can't touch, you, you can't touch my stuff. You can't touch my body. You can't touch my children. And God would have had to honor it. And especially post-Jesus, because we have the right to use the name of Jesus. And to stand there and say, I have a hedge of protection, and nothing can happen to my children, nothing can happen to my business, nothing can happen to my livestock, no evil shall befall me, and no plague shall come nigh unto my tent. In the name of Jesus, and God would have had to honor it. Doesn't matter what's going on up in heaven. Because we're here and we're in charge because he put us in charge. If he didn't want us to be in charge, he should never have put us in charge. Amen. Pastor, you don't really believe that. I do. On what basis? 
I went to him once and I asked him, I said, you know, I said, we're so blessed and all anybody can do is complain. And I said, I think about those believers that they were fed to lions. And so sweetly and so gently and so kindly, the Lord spoke to me and he said, son, they didn't have a New Testament. They only heard what some preacher preached about what Jesus said and did. He said, you know more than they do. You know more than they did. They didn't have a Bible. What I'm teaching right now about the name of Jesus, they didn't have the Pauline revelation. All they knew was what some preacher had preached about what Jesus had said and done. That's all they had. And they went in there to the lion's den. But we know more than they do. We know more than they did. Well, pastor, you can't believe it's all based on revelation. Absolutely. Think about what Elijah did. Think about what Elisha did. You have more revelation than they did. The average member at Faith Christian Center has more revelation than Elijah did or Elisha did. Let me run that by again. The average member of Faith Christian Center has more revelation than Elijah did or Elisha did. Well, what's the diff? We don't exercise it. We don't walk in it. And what I'm talking about right now is taking man at his word, which, well, it'll kill you. It'll mess you up. Or taking God at his word. They took man at his word. That's, and, and listen, this is what Father God wants. This is really all he wants. He wants for, for us to do in our faith walk with him is take him at his word. That's what he wants. And listen, you cannot offend him. Now listen to me. You cannot offend him by believing him. You Tell your neighbor, you cannot offend him by believing him. I mean, if you believe God for a Rolls Royce, he's not going to sit up there on his throne and say, well, I never. <laughs> you can't offend him by believing him. Amen. Now, maybe that's not what you want. Maybe that you don't want that. Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're not at that level. Maybe you don't want the heat, whatever. My point is, it doesn't matter what you believe God for, you cannot offend him believing him. It is not an offense to God to believe him, but it is an offense to God to not believe him. It is not an offense to God to take him at his word, but it is an offense to God to not take him at his word. It is not an offense to God to take God at his word, but it is an offense to God to take man at his word when you don't even bother or try to take God at his word. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. 
To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.